This is the Practicing XP podcast. Hi, I'm Akshay. And I'm Chirag. We've been practicing extreme programming for 10 years each in ThoughtWorks. In this podcast, we'll share our perspectives, our opinions and experiences while practicing XP. Thanks for tuning in. Hello and welcome to another episode of Practicing XP. Uh, this is our new series and we are starting to talk about test-driven development now. Uh, but before we understand what is test-driven development and how it might be beneficial, uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about the need for automated tests itself. And so that's what we're going to explore in today's episode. So to understand that, let's first think about what do you care about when you're writing code? Whenever you're writing any code as a developer, what are the things you care about? Well, fundamentally, you care about uh, two things. That wh- One is that uh, whether the code that you're writing, whether the, uh, it works or not, whether it works as expected. So that's one core thing you care about. The other thing you care about is in the process of writing this new, adding this new piece of functionality, uh, have you, uh, ha- that you want to be sure that you haven't broken anything else that was already there, that right. was already working uh, till today. So, so basically you want to be sure that that stuff that you've written works, the new thing that you've written works and the existing uh, set of functionality that uh, was already there still works. Mm-hmm. So it works is one thing you care about. The other thing you care about is that, okay, that you wrote it today and it's done, but you know absolutely certainly that you will have to come back and revisit this code. You'll have to come back and revisit this code to be able to just understand what it's good doing uh, in context of some other feature that you will work on today, tomorrow that, that connects with this uh, feature, this code base. So either, you know, you just want to know how it works and you want to understand it uh, or and, and most certainly uh, at some point you will need to modify this because you found uh, that it works, uh, that it needs to work slightly differently now. Uh, you want to make it more sophisticated. You, you found some issue with it that you that you want to tweak it for, etc. So multiple reasons why you will need to come back and change it, enhance it, uh, and modify it. Yeah, this is uh, actually I want to spend a little bit more time here because uh, this uh, it was quite a shock to me uh, when I was talking to a few developers recently uh, in a client organization. And uh, they genuinely believed that once you write a piece of code, you never need to go back to it. And they they were thinking of it from that perspective. And that would be the traditional way of thinking about code, right? Mm. That you've thought about the requirements, you've done the high-level design, the low-level design, now you've written code. Mm. And, and people feel bad about having to rework that code. It means that they've made some mistake. Mm. Uh, it means that they are not good enough. Mm. Uh, and so that's a very genuine attitude that a lot of developers carry. Uh, but in an agile environment where we are trying to respond to changes and we are trying to uh, you know, uh, negotiate based on scope and do the, uh, do the most important thing that will give some business benefit to the client, uh, it is inevitable that we will end up changing code. And so rework is actually a very good thing in agile. Right. If you if you never come back to a piece of code, it means that no one is using that piece of code. Mm-hmm. And that's a bad thing. Uh, because because that means that you know no one is paying attention to it, and so 
so that's a bit of a uh, change in mindset that a lot of people have to go through. Uh, that coming back to a piece of code is actually a good thing, and you should look forward to doing it, and you should plan for it. Mm. And and to your point, Chirag, uh, that is when you need to build code that is easy to enhance or easy to change after the fact, uh, because it will be good when you write it for the first time, but you will definitely have to come back to it, read it, understand it, and then make changes to it to make it better. Right. and it is um, a very old uh, adage in software development that uh, that you read a piece of code hundreds of times right uh, you know while you write it only once it is read hundreds yeah. of times yeah. um, so so i think that was true e- that is true even when you're not doing uh, doing all the other uh, bits of uh, agile development so, but but especially you know when you are uh, doing this iterative Uh, agile uh, way of working you know that you're constantly going to evolve uh, your code yeah. and so in that context whenever you write a piece of code you want to be sure that uh, that it is easy to enhance which means that it is easy to understand and easy to change in the future right um and so between these two actually our hypothesis or our uh, experiences that you end up changing code hundreds of times more than when you write it for the first time right you write code once but then you come back and read it you, you read it thousands of times but you mm. at least change it hundreds of times if you're really working with that piece of uh, functionality and making it better over a period of time and so if you were going to do this once or twice only if there was a defect or only if there was a minor chance that you might have to do an enhancement in that area then um then you could uh, you could figure out some inefficient ways of doing it because you're not going to do it often but now that you know that you're going to do this hundreds of times you need to figure out really efficient ways of making sure that your code works and it's not breaking anything else that was done in the past and that it is also easy to enhance when you come back in the future and start building on that code and uh, and so that brings us to the question of what are the mechanisms that we have to ensure all of these things right so it works and it doesn't break anything else is pure play testing space right, right. and so a uh, traditional answer to that would be i'm going to write a piece of code my qas are going to test that it works and that is not breaking anything else so that's testing on the story itself and then the regression testing for making sure that anything in the past is not broken by this new change that you've made um and so let's talk about that a little bit what are the ways of doing that uh, and at what point do you start to get benefits of automated testing uh to to ensure this um so yeah so traditionally you would do manual testing to to ensure that something works and that it has not broken anything else yeah. and that uh, uh so you do that at 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 multiple levels right manual testing itself would be done multiple times and by multiple people in the sense that i as a developer would use like a command com- command line outputs or um or, or like write a main method and stuff like that to know whether the whether this you know set of functions that i just wrote whether it gives me the right expected output or not right so that is manual testing actually in a way if you uh-huh. think about it like i'm uh, 
I'm passing some specific inputs and just visually verifying whether it is giving me the the right outputs. True. Um, I would also, uh, but and using that mechanism, I could get to the right answer for this function. Let's say that I'm writing now. This function, this functionality, has to be integrated with the other pieces of code. And when I do that integration uh, within the code base, I will I will then have to again manually test to you know fire up the UI and go through uh, like a flow of steps and so on to see whether it did what it is supposed to do. And to see whether it broke anything else, right? Mm -hmm. So, so I am using just my like you know eyeballs to to validate manually whether I as a developer did my job to ensure that it works and did my job to ensure that it doesn't break uh, other things that were existing. Correct. Uh, so that's one. Now, now the other thing is that I am also myself not just doing it once. I would do it multiple times in a day. Hmm. Uh, maybe every hour, maybe every two hours. As soon as I've written like 10, 12, 20 pieces, 20 lines of code, I'd need to do this. Uh, so that is, you know, uh, that is one level of what you, it's not called manual testing, but it is what it is. It's actually manual effort put in by the developer. Uh, yeah, that's actually a really good point because, uh, yeah, we, we think of testing as something that QAs do. And so they do it after you finish your story in some way, right? So you indicate as a developer that you finished your story. But in the course of finishing that story itself, you would, like you're saying, Chirag, uh, end up doing manual testing multiple number of times a day to ensure that the small pieces of code that you're writing still work. And then there would be the, the bigger QA testing that happens at the end of the story where they would look at edge cases, uh, they would look to do the entire regression of all the functionality that this new functionality might impact. And then they'll do some impact analysis to figure out what to test and all those things. Uh, and so that in itself is going to be quite a heavy activity. Yeah. Um, and so imagine a scenario where you're starting off a new project, right? Uh, so the first story, there's nothing else to test. You just have to test that it works. And, and that's easy enough. Um, but let's say the first story is going to go on for three, four days, right? And on the second day itself, you're beginning to now test whether your code from the first day works still or works. not, yeah. still works or not, yeah. while you're adding more code to finish the story. Uh, and so right from the second day, you enter in this realm of, I have written something in the past, is it still working or not? Yeah. Um, and now four days worth of effort goes to a QA, uh, QA test that, that's fine. Another four day worth of effort goes to the QA, which is the second story. And now their work multiplies because yeah. uh, they have to make sure that this one story works and also the previous story works. But now imagine a team of uh, you know four or five pairs who are churning out all these stories. And so very, very quickly, in a few days, uh, you enter this realm where you are just ending up spending a lot of time doing real manual testing to ensure that uh, what you've done in the past keeps con continues to work. Uh, and it will get out of hand really, really fast. Uh, and and so the only natural reaction to that is to do sample testing and to reduce the scope of what yeah. you are going to cover during testing. Yeah. Because there's no human way, physical way to to actually cover all the scenarios. Unless you have a, you know, for a, for a team of 10 developers, if you have like 30, 40 testers sitting there just doing manual testing. And we've seen teams like that as well, right, in, yeah. in client situations. Uh, so, so that's the only way to cope with this problem. 
Uh, but that's not a meaningful way to cope with this because this is the story of the first few days. It's going to multiply it exponentially uh, going forward, and and it's going to get worse. And so, what would be uh, what would be an automation way of looking at this? Yeah. So the so the only way to so so the only way to um, uh, deal with this. Uh, consistently efficiently and predictably etc is to write automated tests um, is to automate this this task of uh, you know checking whether the code that I wrote today is it working I should automate that uh, checking and I should also automate uh, the process of checking for uh, whether everything in the past uh, was working or not and um, you know, here's a thought experiment that you know writing automated tests will take effort i mean it is writing more code it is writing some pretty sophisticated logic to do all this checking so it's not it's not easy it's maybe you could say that it's almost as much work as hard work as uh, solving the business problem that you were going to solve let's say it takes x amount of time to to just write the code that you need to write to build a functionality and let's say it takes y uh, amount of time to write good automated tests around uh, around that code mm. uh, so I, I think x and y would be in the same uh, broad range they'll be in the same they'll be same uh, of the same magnitude right. if one takes hours the others will also take hours one takes days the others will take days not you know, not much higher or lower. So it will be the same piece of, mag uh, of magnitude. So you could all, all, you could in a way say that it is taking you 2x to do it this way mm. uh, of time. So if it took you x amount of time to just do it uh, manually, I mean, you know, do it just, just writing the code. Now it's going to take 2x uh, for you to also write automated tests uh, around that. Uh, so, but now let's compare that with the with the effort. If you did not do automated testing, then how much time it would take? So, if you did not do a good automated testing, you would have to keep repeating that action of verifying whether the new thing works, whether the existing thing still works. Um, and like Akshay, you were describing, you'd have to do that. So, the developer would have to do that. The testers will have to do that and it'll have to it'll keep multiplying as more and more pieces of functionality get added the effort will keep going on mm -hmm. uh, you know almost every day every week that effort will keep uh, uh, keep multiplying and it never ends i mean you know there's no end point to that so so it is you know 2x in case of automated testing and it is i don't know 10x 100x 1000x uh, right. <laughs> in case of manual testing yeah. it really is is like a never-ending thing in that case. True. So the so you so w w and and that is just a case uh, uh, I'm making for efficiency for, mm. for but, but think about just the uh, the surety that you get when you have automated testing versus when you are uh, relying on on people individuals just using their uh, observational you know capabilities to be able to spot defects right so right. machines are going to be able to do a much better job at doing mundane repetitive tasks with high accuracy humans are not 
ஆஹ் but there is a catch there as well right and that's about what kind of testing gives you real confidence because uh, you write that machines are going to be better at uh, at these repetitive tasks but there are some tasks or there are some types of tests that actually provide you with higher degrees of confidence and some that provide you with lower degrees of confidence and so it's important to talk about that as well so that's what we'll cover in the next episode where we talk about the test pyramid and the different types of automated tests that we're writing. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye.